This episode of Weirdos is brought to you by Nashville Garage Rock Band, The Semi-Supervillains, often described as your older brother's cool rock and roll band. Check out their music at semisupervillains.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash semisuper. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram, just search TSS Villains, and check out their YouTube channel for music, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. Just search TSS Villains. And stay tuned after this episode to hear one of their tracks. Camera. Action. Welcome to Weirdos. I'm Kellen. <laughs> and I'm Jay. And this week we're going to dive into the world of celebrities, but not necessarily the, the glam and the fame, um, but the privileges and special treatment that we tend to give famous individuals. Uh, yes, we're not actually going to be talking about celebrities. I mean, celebrities will be brought up um, as with the nature of talking about fame. Uh, but it's more about society's obsession with fame. Yeah, we definitely have that. Look who our president was. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that was a that was a fun experiment. Yeah, I think we learned a lot. Uh, this was, I think, another one that was my idea. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, and it came because, um, as you know, I have two kids, uh, two girls, impressionable girls, and. I cannot tell you how many times um, I have heard, oh, let me tell you what I learned, blah, 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 blah. Oh, where did you learn that from? TikTok. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Great. So the parents are now me, my wife, Megan, and TikTok. <laughs> if you're not, if you're, if it's not a dance or music that you're learning off TikTok, then we need to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> that should yeah. be your news source. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that's a that's a huge problem. Social media should not be a source of news for anybody. Uh, no, <laughs> Although sometimes even so the news, people. <laughs> sometimes even the news shouldn't be a source of news. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I wanted to start off and kind of uh, build the story of how we got to where we are today, where body with a uh, camera phone and fifteen minutes of free time can put something on the internet in hopes of becoming. Uh, you know, the next social media influencer. Not like we're trying to do right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if if that's what we were trying to do, we're taking the slow road about it. (laughs) We're just humble. That's all. (laughs) And poor. So, (laughs) so, okay. So I'm doing research for this. I kind of wanted to have, you know, a, a good overview of how I feel like everything started. And I don't know how it was for you, but the very first major celebrity thing that I remember that everybody seemed to be following was the OJ chase in 1994. Mm-hmm. I agree that with was that. the first time I remember a celebrity just being like everywhere. I mean, obviously not for the reasons you would want to be, but that's kind of like the biggest story for a year Mm -hmm. it felt like it was just i mean every news channel and it was so it was such a big 
popular event that transpired that it birthed TV channels like True TV because of everybody's sudden obsession with uh, real life crime dramas. Uh, so that's kind of like where I would say the beginning was. If you actually go back, we've been obsessed with celebrity gossip since at least the 1916 16s, <laughs> as far <laughs> as publications related to celebrity gossip. Uh, two publications in New York were the Broadway Brevities and Society Gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, ten years. Yeah, <laughs> ten years after that, we got. Um, every newsstand uh, has a copy of the National Enquirer, mm-hmm. and that started in 1926. So we've been obsessed with celebrities for for a long time. Now, flash forward to People and Us Weekly and magazines like that in the 70s, and then we come all the way to 1992. Any idea? And I'll give you a hint: it's television reality. Any idea what came out in 1992? Reality television show in '92. Yep, uh, it was too early for Survivor. Was it um, Trump show? No, it um, was Real World. Oh yeah, Real World. See, I never watched MTV, MTV yeah. back then, so <laughs> that's not on my radar. But yeah, Real World. I forgot about that. Yeah, Real World New York in 1992 was kind of like the first mainstream. There was a there was another show back in the '70s that followed. It was like My American saga or something like that i can't remember the name of it i didn't write it down but it was a show following an american family this was the first where it was random people put together in front of a camera to see what would happen what mm-hmm. i consider modern day reality television trash flash forward trash <laughs> well the original real world i don't you said you didn't watch it but the original real world was more of a social experiment as opposed to a um Hot competition. <laughs> the, so you can spread the, the original one. Yeah, <laughs> that was real world uh, New Orleans, Hawaii, <laughs> maybe one of those where that started. Um, no, the original real world, they had to have jobs and, and pay bills. And it was just, we're going to stick these socially different people in a, an apartment together and just see what comes of it. Mm-hmm. Then it, you know, then we had the Big Brother style and stuff like that. Survivor 2000 is the granddaddy um, for most people of reality shows because it is still going strong. Um, and then you had, oh, what was it? Batch, the Bachelor came out in 2002. This mm-hmm. is building our obsession in different directions. Um, and the, I'm, I'm, I'm building up to a point. 2005, YouTube came out. Two years later. Uh, the biggest hot garbage to ever hit television, in my opinion. I apologize to anybody that likes it, but I don't know why. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, oh Lindsay, I'm so sorry he said that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of the downfall of American society. I don't care what anyone says. Change my mind. <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, three more years go by. Instagram comes out. Followed in a couple of years by a little app that is no longer around called Vine. Then what we was get it? to musically Vine V I N E oh, six oh, yeah, second yeah, yeah. video clips. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of people that came from Vine that are now social media influencers or have uh, developed into a celebrity lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go to 2014 with musically that was bought in 2017 by a little known app called TikTok. <laughs> mm. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. So. 
we move on to TV and because of all of the obsession now that we have, that we've been building up for, for decades now of, of normal people's lives, we now have celebrity and pseudo celebrity, which is what I'll call these uh, um, social media um, famous people. Um, I, I don't know that you could call them celebrities because I would not. not, I would absolutely yeah, but, not. I'm offended by, by them thinking they're celebrities and by other people yeah. thinking that if you made your money off being on YouTube or TikTok, you're not a celebrity. You're not. I'm sorry. You're not. If you're not yeah. an athlete, you're not a musician that makes records and sells millions of records. You're not. I, I hate yeah. I do not care for social media influencers at all. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, there, there are people that I follow just because I enjoy their content. Um, but it's usually like a written link on YouTube. I follow them because they, I think they're funny. Uh, and different people playing video games just because it rings nostalgia for me. Now, I watch um, um, Crazy Russian Hacker. Have you ever watched him? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, so friends. Welcome him. to my laboratory. <laughs> yeah, I, I love him, but his his stuff is it's all stupid. And I, I love reading the comments because he has an infinity pool. So this dude makes like $2 million a year on these videos. So you read the comments. They're like, guys, stop watching his videos. We're making him a millionaire. And, and we are like, we watch these videos of him. I ordered this $400 box mystery box from you from uh, eBay. I'm going to open it up and it's just junk. And people are just like, I have to watch it. Yeah. There's a mag- magician uh, named Chris Ramsey. Uh, he's been on a couple of TV shows, um, but he does um, um, puzzle solves. He solves different puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets like, you know, one to two million views per video, enough money to build a, um, basically an entire, um, reconstruct a warehouse to be his office space <laughs> specifically for these videos. Cause he used to do them in his apartment. So, um, before we get into the, the chunk of this, I just want to go through. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven TV shows that I could find just on a quick search or TV channels all because of our obsession with celebrity. Bravo, E, TMZ, Entertainment Tonight, The Insider, Access Hollywood, and Extra. All TV shows we know, all TV shows we've probably watched at some point in time, but all birthed because of the American obsession with celebrity. Because we want to know what Paul Rudd bought at the grocery store. We have to know that information. (laughs) Or just the fact that Paul Rudd does his own grocery shopping. (laughs) He's just just like me. (laughs) I knew he was. I knew it. The only difference is, is when Paul Rudd swipes his uh, debit card, he's not worried about it being the clock. <laughs> right. His fingers aren't crossed <laughs> behind his back the whole time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that's the whole premise of this episode is we're talking about not celebrities, but our obsession with them as regular people. Like, why are we so obsessed with people who have some degree of fame? Mm-hmm. It's now become a keeping up with the Joneses situation, except we can't keep up with them financially, so we have to keep up with them socially. Right. Yeah, I um, I was doing some research on trying to do research. It's not the easiest thing to research on, but, you know, you mentioned keeping up with Kardashians, and Lindsay watches that all the time. That's one of her main go-to shows when she's just vegging on the couch. And I get it to a degree because it's mindless. And a right. lot of that has to do with the TV shows we watch is because it's mindless. Because sometimes I sit down and I don't want to watch a serious show. I don't want to have to concentrate. So I'll turn on my reality show 
is Impractical Jokers. Like, that's a prime example. We made them guys really rich by watching them do this stupid stunts with each other. And I, I love it. Right. Um, it's Even back to Jackass. Uh, don't Hey, don't bring Johnny Knoxville into this. He's a saint. But yeah, oh no, I love Jackass. But I do love. We made them famous by watching them do stupid stuff. Yeah, and I will watch him till the day he dies. They're working on Jackass Four right now, and I'm very excited. What retirement home are they filming at? Uh, I think it's one (laughs) up in in in, uh, San Francisco somewhere. I did read that him and Steve-O had already hurt themselves, so their their, their bones are hospitalized. Yeah, their bones are definitely more fragile, and Bam's fat, so I don't know what he can do anymore. But we'll see. I'll (laughs) I'll still watch it religiously because I, I just love it. Yeah, and so you you brought up the Kardashians a second ago, and for me, that's kind of like the turning point of all of this, where it became less of, you know, a weekly obsession and more of a daily obsession, not just in watching, but in trying to imitate. And I think that's where it started, like I said, to kind of go downhill with everything, because we were no longer watching just to see what they did. We were watching to see what they do so that we could mimic it. You know, it's one thing to watch Paul Rudd come out of a grocery store and be like, he's like me. It's another thing to look at um, Kim Kardashian and say, I want to look like that. Yeah. I, I want uh, to be her. Never. I never understood that. That also, you know, you have a regular job. You're a politician. Whatever you're doing in your life, you make a sex tape and it gets leaked. You get fired. You get chastised. But if you're a celebrity and you make a sex tape, you get more work. Yeah. And then you get paid to have them leak, quote, leak your sex tape everywhere. Like, what other what what other profession could you be in where you film yourself having sex and you get more money because of it and you get more popular? Yeah, and that wasn't just a Kim Kardashian thing. The same thing happened to Paris Hilton with the guy she was dating at that time. Um, they made a sex tape and it, it quote unquote, got leaked. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to squash it, she was like, okay, we'll pay me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And it's, it's it, like, like I said, it's become this obsession. It's, it's, it's not long, it's no longer just, I want to see how they live. It's, I want to be like that to the point that we're buying clothes to try to copy the look like magazines now have a, like, I know, um, is it, it's entertainment weekly. I think even people has one where it's like, get the look and they show you where you can buy similar items mm-hmm. so that you can look like the person Like we're no longer, we're no longer content with just knowing that celebrities, you know, can be normal We we want to be this imaginary idea of what a celebrity is. Yeah, and I've got news for you. Just because you wear the outfit does not mean you look like that celebrity. <laughs> right. Well, and we, we've become obsessed with, with you know, physical um, changes, with, with physical alterations to our appearance so that we can look more like it. Now, you know, people are getting plastic surgery to look like a specific celebrity. Um, they're getting, you know, tattooed on makeup so that they can have, you know, that look of the celebrity all the time. We're so obsessed with, with appearances now that, you know, it's hard to, to, to determine what's real and what's not because we're so used to seeing people look like this all the time. Like you never see a Kardashian or you never see, um, I don't know, name another, you know, really popular social media influencer. We're never used to seeing them just 
in baggy sweats with no makeup sitting on the couch just watching TV. Right. Like there, there's this, there's this, you know, desire to always look 100 for the kids <laughs> <laughs> that we become obsessed with it. Yeah, like I, I can't even imagine living that lifestyle. I'm wearing a red T-shirt and gray pants with pink donuts on it right now. Like, <laughs> if the paparazzi's outside my window, it's not going to be a flattering picture. But trying to be like celebrities, whether we're dressing like them, looking like them, whatever we're doing, we're, I think we're all guilty to that to a degree. Like, I was trying to think back on when I have, have tried to mimic what someone looked like. And the only thing, the, the main one I could think of was Josh Hartnett. So when the faculty came out in 96, 97, whenever it came out, um, I was obsessed with Josh Hartnett. Like, he was so cool. Like, have you seen the faculty? It's been a long time. I'll have to let you borrow it again so you can can freshen up. But he wears uh, just a T-shirt and a long sleeve white shirt underneath it. And he has messy hair and baggy pants. I'm like, I could could wear that and look cool like Josh Hartnett. Spoiler alert, I could not look cool like Josh Hartnett because I was a fat kid trying to wear, trying to wear layers during the summer with messed up hair. It doesn't work that way. Um, but there was a scene where he, um, a paper cutter, you know, the ones that are on in schools, like the largest paper cutters, has that arm that goes up and down, cuts the paper. Uh, there's a scene yep. where he just rips that off and chops um, John Stewart's fingers off. I'm like, that's so cool. I want to be Josh Hartnett. That's the only thing I can remember. <laughs> especially the first thing I can remember where I saw something and I wanted to mimic it because I saw it on TV and I thought it was cool. Now I've done it other times. Like, you know, our fashion we wear now is usually if we're not just going through a store and see something, we see someone else wearing it or see something on TV that looks similar to it. And we're like, that's cool. I should try that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think we're all, we're all guilty to that to a degree. Now I've never wanted to be Kim Kardashian but I wanted to be Josh Hartnett, Idris Elba, you know. <laughs> well, I think there's, I think there's some a level of normalcy to seeing something, liking it, and wanting to mimic that. I think that's where a lot of culture comes from, as far as you know the the, the types of clothes you wear. Like like we talked about before, the Jinko jean uh, craze that was in the '90s, and that was we saw you know skaters wearing Jinko jeans, and then we saw you know. Uh, people in our school were starting to wear them it's like well i want to be cool too so i need to have jinko jeans and i need to have vans on my feet uh, so i think that part of that is normal you see something i mean you see something you like it you want it that's okay when it gets to be a problem is when you see someone and you like them and you want to be them it gets rid of individualism it's one thing to want to dress like a Kardashian. It's completely another thing to get, you know, you know, boob implants and butt implants and have plastic surgery and spend your time tanning so that you can get that perfectly bronze look so that you can look exactly like. I'm sorry. Person. Are you because um, now you're not anyway that Kim Kardashian's buttocks is not real. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm not getting sued. <laughs> you hush your face. <laughs> But we 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 go to great lengths to try to be somebody that inherently we're not, and to an extent they're not either. Because you look at young pictures of her and she was a completely oh, different yeah. person. She looked completely different. So we're we're aspiring to be somebody that's not even themselves. Yeah. When I was 
when I was trying to think about, like I said, like, like I said, this was your episode, so I don't know if it's it's difficult for you, but when it's my idea, it's a little bit. You know, when it's your idea, it's a little bit harder for me to come up with things because you already have that planned out in your head. So I I try to do research and think, but right. what I focus on was not so much um, how we strive to be like celebrities, but how they get away with things. Um, I, yes. I was saying like how you know. America as a nation has a very short memory. You know, we tend to forgive and we tend to forget very easily. And, and sometimes that's okay. But I think us as a people, we collectively have ADD. And, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. You know, some people are deserving of forgiveness. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody deserves a second chance. I mean, you know, there's sometimes like it just happens so quickly. And we're like, well, why have we, we've moved on already? And, I thought of some examples, and, and the first one I'm going to use is going to be a little controversial, but I don't, I don't care. But Kobe Bryant was a prime example. Kobe Bryant um, allegedly had raped this woman. He was married. He gave his wife all this jewelry, and then people just forgot about it in like two weeks. You know, Tiger Woods is another right. one that, that has some issues going on, and we, we forget all about it. Um, America loves a winner, and in both sense, both cases, um, you were talking about athletes who, once they return to winning, yeah, always forgive. That's the key. That's the key. So once once they're winning again and they're in that shining light again, that's when we're like, oh, he's he's a swell guy after all. Like I know people who are actively rooting for Tiger Woods right now who hated him, you know, two years ago. But it, it's like, oh, this comeback story. And, but you know, so not not all celebrities get that luxury like r kelly didn't get that luxury is that's because he wasn't uh he wasn't uh, turning out number one hits well again, you know like he he, he if he yeah, came out yeah, with a that's true because he did album, he did they would have been like you know what that's not so bad nature called he answered because there was a tape years ago uh where he got in trouble for the same thing he got in trouble for again but like you said he wasn't as popular the second time yeah, around and, so um, we talked about Paris Hilton already. Canceled. <laughs> we talked about Paris Hilton. Um, I'm pretty sure I read she hit like eight or more parked cars in the same year. She never got her license revoked. Oh, wow. You know, probably never had to pay any fines. Like just batted her eyelashes and that was done. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Right. is another prime example, but Robert Downey Jr. is also one that I love and I will always love Robert Downey Jr. But you know, he got arrested on drug charges. You know, and he was fired off of uh, Ally McBeal. But he had a lot of issues in his younger years, and he bounced back. And, and that's just an example. Like, yeah, we can forgive and forget these people, and some of them do deserve it. But I do think we're sometimes too quick because of who they are. Because I've done things that I'm sure people haven't forgiven me for years ago. Or, and and I'm, there's still people I don't like from high school because they pissed me off once or twice. Like, but I'm not a celebrity. Right. I'm not a celebrity. We're not going to move on with it. You know, Mark Wahlberg uh, had assault and battery charges back in the day, and he never, nothing ever happened to him either. Like Matthew Broderick, right. um, I'm pretty sure, killed two people. Um, I think they were in England or Ireland. Like he was driving and he killed two people. Nothing happened. Like he, I think he paid like a $200 fine and, and went on with his life. Like that's, that's what I think about when we think about this subject is, is we just give them what they want. They take what they want. And, and it's always going to be that way. Yeah, and you mentioned Robert Downey Jr. I think in regards to a lot of the ones that you said, I view him differently, not because I'm just a, you know, RDJ fan, uh, but because 
for me, it seems like when he hit his lowest, he didn't just continue being a jerk and just get more roles and everyone just forgot about it because he's a great actor. He actually completely turned yeah. his life around. He, you know, changed from being, you know, an alcoholic drug user to not drinking or using any kind of drugs. He started, you know, meditation and trying to work on becoming a better person. So for me, it's easier to forgive Robert Downey Jr. for his past because he's still actively working on being a better person. But somebody like, you know, Mark Wahlberg that you mentioned, he doesn't even like, it's almost like he's not apologetic about it. He just wants everyone to quit. I don't know why you're bringing it up. That was in the past. Okay. Well, I want some kind of acknowledgement of, I was a huge jerk. I was a terrible person and I have to live with that. But every day I try to be better. I think he does do better. And I'm sure, you know, Tiger Woods and Kobe, you know, did things, charities, whatever. But one of the other ones I thought about, I just caught him on TV yesterday is Michael Vick. Um, I hate Michael Vick. Michael Vick, are you listening? I hate you. I hate you. Like, he did the dog fighting stuff, and you know me well enough to know that I love animals, all animals. Like, if I'm watching a movie and the dog dies, it, it bothers me. If the people die, that's fine. Like, that's why I love John Wick. Like, I hate <laughs> that the dog died, but all those people got exactly what they deserve. So Michael Vick was one of those who everybody was ready to crucify him. And for an extent, they did, but now he's back on television. And there's still people that are against it, but like, it's fine. It's fine. And I, he paid his dues, I guess, but it doesn't make me like him anymore. It doesn't make me want to see his face every time I turn on Fox Sunday football. Like, that's another one. That I, and and right. that one's a little bit more personal to me because the animal thing, but I would, I can forgive maybe, but I'm never going to forget stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah, yeah, there's definitely a celebrity bias as far as things that we do that could ruin our lives are just like another Tuesday for a celebrity because, you know, they they have the money and the means to make things go away to an extent. <laughs> um, so for me, the whole topic was more about, you know, our obsession with it. Um, and And it comes down to the social media aspect where we have kids making YouTube videos, making millions of dollars a year, getting advertising and all they're doing is being a kid. They just happen to find a market before everybody else did. And they Mm -hmm. become hugely popular. Uh, We have people who, I mean, we worship these people who are just regular people. They don't, and I'm not trying to be mean with this. Uh, it, more or less, it's it's a search for understanding on why we are so obsessed with it. Because we idolize these people who are a dime a dozen in the real world. You can't tell me that you know a YouTube pseudo-celebrity who shows makeup tutorials is any better at doing makeup than, you know... 90% of the other people mm. who do the same kind of makeup. It's just for whatever reason, we saw something in them that made us obsessed with that person. And now we're making, like you said, like the Russian hacker guy, anybody could do what he does. He's not doing anything special, but for some reason we're obsessed with watching him do the thing that we could all do. We could go buy, uh, you know, a box worth of as seen on TV items and 
plop a camera down and review how well they work. That's nothing special. He's not giving us anything that we can't do ourselves. But we're obsessed with it. Why are we obsessed with it? It's not like Tiger Woods for a decade was, without a doubt, the greatest golfer in the history of golf. You can argue Jack Nicholas was a better golfer all you want. Tiger Woods completely mm-hmm. changed the sport of golf from being a pastime to being a primetime sport. They completely changed courses to make them harder because Tiger Woods was destroying everybody by 15 to 20 strokes because nobody could do what he was doing. The same thing with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. They have a skill or a talent. Um, actors, George Clooney, Sandra Bullock, um, Angelina Jolie, they have a talent. We couldn't all just get in front of a camera and give an Oscar-worthy no. performance. Now, does that mean they should get $20 million a movie? I don't know. As long as we're buying tickets, mm-hmm. I guess they can pay them whatever they want. But they're making $20 million a film, and we have YouTube people with no discernible talent making $1 to $2 million a year on YouTube videos, and then who knows how much on sponsorships. It just make you sick to your stomach. It does a little bit, and, and it's not because I wish – you know, ill will on them. I, it's not that I, I'm just, I don't understand our obsession. I don't understand why we are so obsessed with watching people do things that we yeah. could and do I, ourselves. You, know, you have daughters, so you're, you're closer to than I am, but you know, I, I see some nieces, like I don't, and they watch these videos all the time. Like, I don't get it. Like the tutorials, like I, I don't get it. Or one of the obsessions they had was watching someone carve bars of soap. Like people make videos of them with a knife in their hand and cutting soap and people watch this and they make tons of money doing this cutting freaking soap. Oh my God. You're in a, you're in a subcategory called ASMR and it is the bane (laughs) of my existence. The hate you have for Michael Vick. I have for ASMR. I have a thing with, um, people whispering in my ear. I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't want your moist. <laughs> I don't want, I don't, oh my God. I do not want your moist, warm air going into my ear holes. And people have made millions of dollars just getting real close to a microphone and being like, all right, now we're going to talk about it. And scratching. Going like, 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 it just, I hate it. I hit the beer bottles like, out in a valley in the jungle somewhere. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, but I mean, there's, it's a whole genre where people just make noises. And like you said, they cut soap and it's satisfying for people to watch. And I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I like to consider myself somewhat intelligent sometimes. And I just, I the more I think about it, just the angrier I get. Message because we are intelligent it. and we don't see the point in watching that. Like, I, I guess I can see the appeal. Like, people say it's soothing. Sure, I get that. But go read a book. Go take a walk. Like, do something else. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty, too. I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, sitting at home, you know, just reading novels and and watching, you know, documentaries. I watch watch TikTok videos uh, because there are some that are, like, super informative. Like, there's one of the guys from this old house has a TikTok channel, and some of the stuff he's taught me I'll Mm -hmm. never use because I'm not handy. But I'm like, oh. That makes so much sense. I should save this video because I might have to learn how to cut a perfect triangle out of a piece of uh, <laughs> white oak <laughs> uh, 
or there's, you know, there's, I watched this one guy on YouTube called DGR Dave and like 90% of his content is him just playing Mario Maker 2. And I watch it not because it's not something, I mean, he's way better than I could ever be at the game, but I watch it just because the commentary and then watching him play the games is interesting to me. Uh, but like I said, I, I don't get the obsession with just the, the normal people that are famous. Like Charlie D'Amelio is the perfect example. And no hate to Charlie D'Amelio, but I've looked through her TikTok and I can't understand why she has no, 100 million followers. She's a 17-year-old girl who oh, just dances you subscribe on TikTok. To this channel? That's it. <laughs> nope, not at all. But, you know, when she was on what she was on Jimmy uh, Fallon. She was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and that's when I looked her up and I was like, "Who is this person?" And you scroll through her videos and it's just her dancing. That's it. That's it. No social commentary, no amazing dance skills that you haven't already seen a hundred times. She just does quirky TikTok dances and has a hundred million people following her, which has made her a she millionaire could, multiple times over. Just she could be like an interpretive dance for civil unrest or something. Like if you, if you have that many people. <laughs> well, she did. She did put a Black Lives Matter um, picture as her uh, as her social media picture. So, well, so she did that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Like I said, that that's the whole idea of this podcast for me was just to try to gain some understanding of why we're so obsessed with the idea of celebrity. And and I mean, because once you obtain that as a social media person, I mean, until you, like you said, until you mess up royally, which you don't have the same. Uh, freedoms that you know a actual celebrity has um but i mean the next time you put out a funny or quirky video people kind of forget that you were a d-bag you know two weeks earlier um which we did go through a phase of cancel culture um for about a year or two where it was you know somebody would say something inappropriate i mean the biggest example um was probably paula dean uh, the big, biggest example for you was probably yeah, they the just Chris put a Hardwick Paul restaurant over Dr. Mills, so they're okay with that now. Uh, yeah, Chris Hardwick was, was <laughs> like that ruined but, my I mean, day, man. Because you know you hear those rumors yeah. like so and so, you know, beat his girlfriend, beat his wife, or is verbally abusive, and all this, all this stuff. And we went through this pattern where we were supposed to always believe the victim, and that, that's fine, that's good. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But when, you know, all these people, oh, yeah, that guy totally did it. That guy totally did it. That guy totally did it. And then um, Chris Harwood's ex came out and said, oh, he beat me. He wouldn't let me eat or drink and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, there's no way. And she would claim there were all kinds of videos of it and conversations she recorded. And then she refused to ever release them. He got canceled off of everything. He got canceled off the Nerdist.com, which he built himself. And I've unfollowed him ever since. He got kicked off his uh, Talking Dead show. Yeah, he had. I did as well. He got kicked off of uh, the Wall. Uh, he got kicked off of everything. He's back now because it was all BS. Like she was, she was descending. He was ascending. Like when they were dating, he was still doing stand up all the time, and he yeah. had a few shows, um, but nothing major. And then he just took off because he's a very likable guy. Everybody likes him. He's a normal nerdy guy, and you know I've met him a couple times. He's great. Like he's always been very nice. But that when that happened, that broke my heart. And he had, and he had like four or five former people, former relationships 
uh, girls for, that he had dated come forward and yeah, say he, meant, he uh, was not like Barney. That at all. I can't remember her first he name, was, but she's the girl from Stand Against Evil. Um, the cop from Stand Against Evil, the blonde. Her last name's Barney. That was she. He, he dated her right. right before the girl who made all these accusations. She's like, no, he was always respectful to me. But so that's just one of those things. Like he was a celebrity, but we, you know, he was. I, I, he's not an A-lister by any means, but you know. He was a celebrity that allegedly had done these things, so boom, gone. Chris Daly has another one. Yeah. But you Canceled. how many episodes of Swear Words have you watched? The history of Swear Words. I've watched two. Uh, just it's produced by Christopher Dahlia. And when I Google it, I don't see anybody else but him. So I don't know if he's back and he's producing that show or there's just someone else with that name. But He's the he, he's got kind of the, the Jesus look, right? Yeah, he was in yeah. he was in you got the long hair, the beard. He was the pedophile and workaholic. Yeah, that was that was such a um, that was such a surreal thing because that was his character yeah. in um, you. He's a stand-up comedian who was you know sexually abusing women, and then it came out that that's where he, he got accused of it, and it was like. Oh, but yeah, wow. did you ever see him in Workaholics? <laughs> That's the first time I ever saw Chris Dahlia was in Workaholics, and he played a pedophile. So they were trying to um, get this pedophile to beat him up online they were talking to. And uh, he shows up, and he has an Xbox and weed <laughs> and a potato gun. So they, like, become friends with him. So the whole episode is them dealing with the, They're trying to get him to like girls of age, but he keeps going back to the young boys. It's a struggle. <laughs> but uh, that's the first time I ever met him. But I've seen him in other things. There's a show called Undateable that he had that only lasted two seasons, I think. It was him, Ron Funches, and a couple other people, and it was fantastic. So he, I, I was a big fan of him. I've seen him at Zanies, and when that came out, like I'm, unlike Hardwick, I didn't say no. There's no way. I, I took a step back and was like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this is true. And I'm pretty sure he has something recent about showing his weekly <laughs> to somebody that's that's more recent than those other allegations. Oh wow. Yeah, well, that, and that goes to that cancel culture, and he wasn't. I mean, you can almost say it's A-list celebrities that have that yeah. um, sort of air of invincibility, that have that ability to just win us, win us over the as soon as the like Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is a perfect example of somebody who, for all intents and purposes, yeah, should have been canceled. Oh boy, goodness gracious! It was one week after another of just more terrible things and not just like speculation <laughs> like audio recordings video recordings of him just being the worst and he's still making movies i actually watched an uh, a awards uh, acceptance from robert downey jr where he basically was praising mel gibson wow. for helping him get back on his feet uh, but i mean he's an a-lister everybody he there was a moment in time where mel gibson could do no wrong it was just he was he was now he just does strange DVD Hollywood. movies. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, he's still he's yeah. still making money. He's still famous, and we've kind of just you know accepted that you know yeah Mel Gibson uh, kind of sucks, but he's also Mel Gibson. Uh, but back to back to my main point is is why. Why does it continue? Why? And it doesn't feel like it's slowing down as far as the social media 
presence that people have. It doesn't, it's, it's like we're looking for the next person to be obsessed with. And, and maybe it's because they are normal people doing normal things and we can relate to it from a personal standpoint. Like, you know, it's hard to relate to Will Smith having a 20,000 square foot mansion uh, and, you know, being able to basically do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it. But it's, it's easier, I guess, to dream that we could be that person when that person isn't. Yeah, I think a lot of it is FOMO, this fear of missing out to a degree. Um, I think you make a good point where we see the people doing these videos, cutting soap or doing stupid dances, and we relate to them because they're just like us. But I'm on the fringe of that where when I see that stuff, I don't think they're just like us. I could do that. I'm like, hey, that idiot is doing nothing that I could be doing nothing and getting paid for it. So it's more resentment on my part. But I think a lot of it is escapism. Like, same thing Like when we talk about movies and things. Like, we watch this stuff to get away from our lives and just to, to numb ourselves sometimes. I think that has a big uh, – that's a big factor in why we continue to watch this stuff. Uh, the, the biggest reality show out right now is the United States of America. I mean, we continue to watch that too. Yeah. We continue to let it happen. There's things we can do to stop it, but we don't do it. This is because we, we, we feed – Right. We feed on that chaos. Yeah. Misery loves company. And if everybody's miserable, our house then, is full. You know, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's a slippery slope for sure. I, I'm, I'm just fortunate. And, and it, you know, again, you have daughters, so I'm sure that's where a lot of yours comes from, but I'm fortunate. I, I have Facebook and Instagram, but that's as far as I go. So I don't, I refuse to download TikTok. Like, it's just something I don't need. Like, I have enough going on in my life. I balance enough things to keep myself busy. I don't need anything else like that. I don't need to watch people cutting soap or playing video games. Yeah, and it does become an addiction, which we're going to do an episode not too far Mm -hmm. in the future, I guess, about vices. Um, And, yeah, social media is 100% a vice. Like I said, I'm just as guilty, too. I'm up until 12 o'clock at night with my phone in front of my face going down the YouTube rabbit hole just about every single night. See, my thing is when when it's time for bed, I hit the pillow, I'm done. Like, we've started now. We're trying to read more (laughs) because I I don't read much at all, and I want to. Like, I have so many books. I buy books all the time. Um, That's one of my vices is buying things. But – um, we've gotten where we just like to we go to bed and we read, and then my eyes kind of start to cross, and then all right, I'm asleep. Like last night, apparently, I was having a conversation, and then I went to snoring, and then I picked back up the conversation I was having. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about vices <laughs> in the future. Um, next week is going to be ghosts. I'm uh, I'm kind of excited about that one. I have some some <laughs> solid ghost stories, um, and then yeah. Yeah, that, you're going to drop and that. And then um, I'm not looking forward to episode 10. This guest <laughs> we have, as far as I can tell, still hasn't signed up for Anchor. So if he made it this far, which he probably didn't, you need to sign up for Anchor, Jamison, so we can put you on this podcast so we can have you on as a guest in two weeks. Um, <laughs> so then we're going to be doing a Jameson episode. I think uh, after that is cryptozoology and relationships. Those, those might be reversed. But, and then we're going to bring another guest. We're going to get Scuffle Moss Treatment up on. Uh, the podcast. If you don't know Scuffle Moss, look him up. He's a great guy. Well, a great troll. And um, we're going to have some great conversations with him. <laughs> yes. But um, I guess that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys um, if you've made it this far. 
our numbers are definitely surging a little bit. So we, we really appreciate that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss anything. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weirdos podcast and on Instagram. Just and, and like I say, every week, podcast. Instagram's a little bit boring, but our Facebook is legit. So definitely, definitely come like it. Um, I want to thank this week's sponsor, <laughs> the Semi Super Villains. Um, be sure to stick around after we sign off to hear one of their tunes. Um, I'm actually going to end up playing two. So Vinny, the uh, lead singer, guitar player of the band, did a song for my dad. So Debo, my dad, he found some old, or I, I, it's, it's basically a poem. He found a poem he wrote when he was a teenager. And by the lyrics, I'm assuming he was under the influence of marijuana. Um, but he found these lyrics and he was so proud of them. And he's like, you know, I, I work with a lot of bands. And he's like, you should get somebody to put music to it. I'm like, uh, okay. So I put it on Facebook if anybody wanted to do it. And Vinny stepped up and put music to this song. So, um, you know, he's a good guy. So thank him, Semi Super Villains. Um, again, stay, stay tuned after we sign off. I'm going to play two tracks from him. And um, I guess that's it. So um, that's a wrap for this episode of Weirdos. I'm Jay. And I'm Kellen. And until next time. Nature's desire, vision of breathtaking cold. Mountains are reaching up the skies, touching the clouds of the first falling snow. Flowers turn for the expected change, streams covered with the lonesome chill. Winds are blowing up the past Nothing to go against her will It's the season that creation stands still There's a fear of the shadows of the day Yet the brightness will still appear Cause you can't control Just play.